the expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024, these are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hi everybody, welcome to the Modern Drummer Podcast. This is David Frangioni, and this week, Billy Amendola and I welcome Fred Armisen and Eric Lederman. From Late Night with Seth Meyers. Check it out. Billy, welcome. Hey, everybody. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Hi, Billy. Hi, David. Today we have uh, Eric Liederman and, and Fred Armisen, along with me and David, to celebrate full month of modern drama madness <laughs> good thank you very much for that it's awesome it's very surreal well thank you guys i mean how did it feel um like we were talking previously and eric said about opening uh, the, the boxes and and seeing it well to me it was it was absolutely surreal because i was away and then eric is the one who had the magazine sent so i came home to this you know just like the logo and everything is so iconic to me because I grew up reading the magazine. So it is, it was, you know, not just surreal. It was just really like a fun experience. Well, you know, anything having to do with the drums is just so celebratory. It's such a happy instrument that I'm just like, it's just cool. I was very happy about it. And then to see Eric's smiling face. I know. Eric, Eric was so great in all this. I mean, we, we, me and Eric started talking about this maybe two years ago, actually. And I'd then the about, pandemic yeah. slowed it down slightly a little bit. But, uh, you know, we, you guys made it so smooth, both of you, Eric and, and you, Fred, and everybody on, on Seth's team made it so smooth and easy to do. So I had a pleasure yeah. doing it, and I was honored. And I, and I loved the feedback that you got. Eric, you're a star. You're a star, I mean, right? 
I mean, guys, it's all happening. I'm, I, I'm so uh, I'm so in demand now. I'm going to quit producing in the 20 year career I've had in producing. I'm going to go back to drums uh, because that's where the money is. And um, music, musicians are back. And uh, I'm just going to, I busted out my practice pad and uh, I'm just going to get back into it, guys. You know, mid 40s, it's time to get back into drumming. And I know that people are going to be looking for me for those tours. And it's just my time now. It's my time. Hey, listen, everybody we loved is old that are on the road now, all the bands that we grew up. So you're young, you're a baby. You got plenty of time, man. You got another 40 years to do it. Ugh, my, my back just winced as you uh, said I was Actually, young. Actually, I hear your mom and dad in my head right now, smacking me in the back of the head. Leave him alone. He's got a good job. I know. Better. I, did, I didn't have a I didn't have a four hundred one k when uh when I was on the road for a couple months. Surprisingly, that that wasn't part of the deal. Let me give them both advice: do not quit your day jobs. <laughs> when we look at the cover and what's so special about what we were sharing with the world is something a lot of people knew about but probably didn't realize that there was such a formula behind it is let's talk about the drummer rotation that you guys have innovated and put into practice. And when you look at the list in the magazine of all the drummers that have come through here, um, it's just absolutely awesome. How did the idea come about and, and then how did you evolve it and basically keep it alive? Because, you know, you got a lot of corporate pressure, you got a lot of politics, a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Tell us about the, the, the whole evolution of this. Well, it's, I mean, it's basically that I, it's, it's a job I can't do full time. I, I was d doing or am doing other stuff all the time, other projects, other TV shows and stuff. So the idea was really more in a way it was Eric's idea. And that originally I thought, well, we'll have one, you know, temporary drummer. We'll just have one guy and then he could play or, or she could play what, you know, whatever. We'll just have like a sort of fill in and then I'll like come back. Like a sub, basically, a permanent like a sub. sub. And yeah. what happened was as Eric would book different drummers, sort of trying them out, like, I think this person's good, that person's good. It all of a sudden got into a rhythm of like guest drummers. And then there was another month of it and another month of it. And eventually Eric just sort of, made it a system and so he knew you know I, I would submit some names and Eric would come up with some and then it, it just turned into like this this sort of rotating drum seat everything about producing and my whole career you know it's I talk about it in the article it's a convergence of events it's like you want to anticipate you know Fred knows you know you when you're a producer on a project yeah, the idea is to anticipate the need. So you're always looking ahead. And when you have a, a need in the band and then the know-how of like a producer, this is like why all the bands I was in forever, everyone was always like sort of annoyed with me because I'm like, guys, what's our next move? And everyone's like, I don't know, like let's just get through rehearsal and then like see like, man, I don't know, maybe we'll go to the bar later. And I'm like, no, no, we have to like think about our merch. You know, like no one wants to hear that, but that that's what it is. And when Fred, you know, we knew right from the jump that Fred was going to be busy. And then we just, I, I think it's just logic. I mean, and I, it's, everyone's like, oh, what a great idea. And that's lovely to hear. And, um, but it's, it's logic. It's like, how do we get as, 
many different interesting uh, people in the drum uh, behind the kit every night and on the throne every night. And uh, wait, there's all these drummers out there. Fred knows a bunch of people. I know a bunch of people. Uh, you know, HE Band would always like throw us a name and it's like, wait a minute, this is a no brainer. And we have a whole infrastructure that can actually help us do this, um, uh, you know, from, from top to bottom of the show. And I will say that like watching it develop and the conversations Fred and I have had and Eli and I have had about like who's right for the job, even if it's just a week, it's still constantly changing. It's still an evolution about like, oh, I thought they'd be perfect. And it's like, oh no, they were great, but like, here's this thing that came up and we're constantly tweaking this, um, even while we're remote as well. So it really has been brought about by, by need. And, um, and now it, it just becomes, you know, an exercise in, in, uh, in variety, which is really special week after week. You, you put the mechanics of it all together and that needed to get done. So that's your job as a producer. But of course, as a drummer, yeah. You know, that's what, what made you like, what sparked you to like, say, you know, I got this idea. Like, like the one, what made the wheel start turning about the idea of the different drums instead of just one drummer? Well, it's, it's, it's really about the idea of, of spotlighting and highlighting the drummer. And that, that is a, um, that's a late night tradition, you know, late night talk tradition that starts with big bands as the drummer is band leader and Fred is the band leader of, of the HE band. And he's, um, you know, he's the center of everything. The drummer has always been the center of these bands. So to me, I'm like, I think maybe as a drummer, I think as drummers, we always feel like we're a little bit in the back. I've always liked being a drummer and that's why I play drums because we are in the back. I don't have to stand. I don't have to like, no one has to see my body or my legs. I can hide behind the kit. And the idea of giving the drummer some, which is, we've heard that expression a million times, but putting the spotlight on them in this format of late night, which has started, you know, we can talk all day about, you know, uh, the, the amazing drummers in late night, you know, Shaughnessy and Carson, and, you know, everything moving up to Fred now. And of course, Quest, Max Weinberg, um, Letterman with his love of, of drum sets and drummers um, and, and drums, you know, he'd have, we, you just have a week where he would just have drummers come in and solo. Johnny would talk to Buddy Rich, you know, like the drummer has always been a staple of late night. So to me, again, it's all about the convergence of things and kind of falling into the into the uh, into the need and 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 really sating that need. And that 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 to me was so exciting to be able to highlight them, but also make sure that they were supporting the show and not and you know because uh, the show is about Seth and the comedy, so they could be this anchor in the show, not like a comedic foil, you know, um, but just an anchor musically and visually. They could be there, and then we could promote whatever it is that they're hawking. How many times does a drummer get to say? hey, check out this thing I did, you know, this, you know, that just doesn't happen. And, and with this uh, format and uh, uh, we were really able to do that. So that's, that's that gift that keeps on giving for drummers week after week. What was Brilliant. the first year that it actually started? Well, this is, well, Fred, I feel like, I think Fred should talk about, talk about that because it really started with, it could have easily been, you know, guitar players, right, Fred? Like it could have been, it's going to yeah. have been, you know, modern guitar player that we're talking to right now. Um, because Fred sat on, on guitar, so I'll let him talk about that, and then the um, some of the players that came in pr uh, prior to uh, the drummer being the drummer seat being built. Yeah, I mean, because we had some guest singers, some guest guitar players, and stuff. When did the show begin? What year? So, okay, so so quick timeline is: I started on my birthday. I'll never forget it, December twenty thirteen. Fred and I knew each other vaguely from LA, like 
more from like the comedy scene and mutual friends. And I would go see him do shows at like, at like fake gallery, right? Like, you know, and yeah. I would see Fred there and I knew he was also a musician. So um, we had a couple conversations, but then um, my boss, Mike Shoemaker told me that uh, him and Lauren Michaels had a conversation. Fred was gonna come in and run the band and um, cast the band, you know, do auditions. And I was thrilled because there was talk of like a DJ in the beginning and that was like my nightmare and fred and i i remember we talked about that we're like nope. um but they decided they came to that conclusion um without nothing against djs by the way i mean if if it works great it just didn't seem as visual you know with yeah. more people singular yeah, no. singular that that that's fair to say i mean i think i was i definitely come to that place where i i think my producer and singles i didn't i didn't want it I know that. I know that like everyone else is certainly more open to that stuff, but I just gotten here, you know, and I like didn't say anything, but then I remember that you guys said like, it's going to be a band and Fred Armisen's going to do it. I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect. So then we had auditions, but Fred was on, Fred was on guitar in the beginning. So we were looking for drummers. So again, it could have, it started one way and like everything else, it just evolves and it's taken. So that was 2014. We had like, Fred, we had like a month to make the band. I don't know if you remember, we had like three or four Yeah, weeks. We, we had a very short amount of time, but I didn't start leaving to do stuff until, I guess sometime in 2014, I was already going on, I was doing Portland. The, be, the beginning, like remember like we did the upfront, which was for, yeah. for the network and, yeah. excuse me, like, yeah, it wasn't until it's like, you just had projects on the docket that like necessitated like the vacancy. And then we had yeah. to, to, fig to figure that out for guitar players first. And then when you move to drums, then we figured that out for drums. But by that point, we were already in like a substitution, you know. Yeah, you I, was already, I was already leaving all the time. Yeah. So uh, so whenever that was. So to answer your question, I don't know, 2014, I guess, at some point. I'd say yeah, like after I, summer 2014, like fall, yeah. fall 2014. I, I love the fact that it happened organically because that's what made it so real. And, and, and then, of course, then you starting to see how it's happening and then putting your producer hat on and saying, okay, now let's try to make this work, you know, in, in a way. So it, it, it was a brilliant idea, Eric. I mean, hats off to you because, and what you've done for the drumming community, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing, you know, promoting drums. It, it's, it kind of brings me back to like what Ron did with the magazine, you know, when he came up, up with the magazine he didn't know what was going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen with anything. So you did that in, the modern world in, in this world now you know you you bring in the drummers out there and, and to the next plateau of uh stars without being stars and the fact that set is into it and he promotes and tells you what the drummer is doing you know that that's a major major i mean hats off to set for that because that's a that's a major thing but we also like the other thing too is like fred and i talk about this all the time like we also don't want these like promotions for the drummers to like go on and on you know, I think a lot of times you'll hear like, I, musicians are hustlers, right? They've always got a lot of things going on. I got this, I got that. You know, some like, I try my coffee. You know, again, it's it's a hustle industry. And once you commit to being a musician, there's very few people who can kind of rest on their laurels and be like, I got it made in the shade, I'm a drummer. You know what I mean? So we want, we want, the, we want the intro to come from Seth, like short and sweet and to the point and, and get to it just like a drummer. It's like, do the work. Hey, here's a little spotlight for you. And then the comedy show is going to carry on. And I think most players who come in understand and respect that. Um, again, that we're a, a, a late night variety uh, talk show 
um, and that comes first. But it is, I, I, it is funny to see all the drummers. Now that we're remote, you know, seeing the drummers wave every night, whether like they're in some big metal band and everyone has to wave. It's like, it's kind of the great equalizer where it's like, uh, this is Mario Duplantier from Gojira. And he's like, hey, thanks for having me. I think all drummers are a little bit incre incredulous that they're like, wait, me? And I know, to see I know. them to see them do that when we're in studio, when we pan to them and they're like, uh, Seth to be like, you know, um, Chad Smith is here. And you and so, some people are like natural on camera and they're like used to like playing reviews. Like, what's up? And some people are like, you know, I'm like, hey, don't forget to look at the camera. And they're just like, oh my God, they're talking about me. And it's nice. It's nice yeah. because again, oh, it's, a, it's fantastic. It's, 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 it's really amazing. cool. You know, it feels and, like and, a little victory. Little bit yeah, no, yeah, you know, hats off to you because standing ovation because this is um, something that's never been done before, obviously, and, and and it's it's so different and it's it's a it's one of it's it's a great thing and you know and let's face it, you know some people that that know about it will watch the show they may not like the show but they'll watch it and they'll see who the drummer is they'll tune in and you know it, it, and then because when you were set, talking about waving I had a couple of people that you know Fred likes when I say regular people. You know, I had some 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 regular people and not non-musicians. They go, was Fred not happy about everything? Because he wasn't saying anything like sets asking him a question and he's just waving. So obviously I know that they never they don't watch the show. They're only watching it because, you know, I told them, we were, you know, we were going to be on or, you know, they're watching it for the first time. So when you said about the wave and it made me it made me think it actually was like, is Fred not happy? Because he's, he's not answering. He's not answering. Tune in again. Late night with Seth, late night with Seth Myers, twelve thirty-five Eastern. Everyone, tune in. Let's let's get some eyeballs. Let's get some consistent viewers in there. Yeah, <laughs> and, and well, thank you know, thankfully, you guys. I saw. I read it in the news that you know you guys have signed new contracts and going to be on for a few more years, which is great because it's. Billy, the TV. are you like Billy? Are you reading the TV trades now? Are you the one? Are, you I, I'm a star. I, I, am, I feel like now. Now you have three people reading that. I feel like Billy, Fred. I feel like Billy's making a move to like get in a TV now. Get in here. Get in there and do it. <laughs> Listen, I, I told Fred before off camera, I told him the story. Uh, uh, if I had, if I had, you know, a budget to have a film crew follow me around, I, I, I could do some stuff with Fred that would be very hysterical. <laughs> I agreed. Okay. Really, anyone could shoot now. You got a, you got a phone. Get out yeah. there. Go shoot yeah. your own stuff. We're, we're waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so like now, okay, this is the other thing. What are you guys saying to everybody? Have you been getting calls now? Because I'm getting calls. People think like some people go, can you put me in touch with Eric? Can you put me in touch with Fred? Or, or hey, Billy, can you get me on? Can, can you book me for the show? <laughs> I, I mean, I know that Fred gets hit, gets hit up um, uh, certainly occasionally, but like I, I, I can only speak for people who you know hit me up on social media and it's honestly not as i don't i never view any of it as like bad or or annoying or anything like that it's just like who wouldn't want to do this and I, i'm flattered i mean sometimes people come in hot in the wrong way and um that's that's unfortunate but you know if i was a kid just imagine again like when i tell fred i'm like we're on the cover of modern drummer and he's like i know it's a lot and right you know you're still not i mean it's still a big deal but if we were kids and we had the internet and they were booking drummers on a talk show, like, and I had a phone 
and I could D I could DM the producer or the band leader and say, I'd love, what do you think? I wouldn't do it. Oh my God. I would, be, that's all I would do. I was like, how do I, how do I say this? So I'm not annoying them. How do I follow up again? Is there any way that I like do I try video chat them through Instagram? I mean, I don't, I mean, it's crazy when the access everyone has is wild. So I don't, for, I don't blame anyone for reaching out and whatnot. I just think there's a person like the personality of it all is like understanding what the gig is. And, and I'm here to entertain anyone who's, who's interested in, and who's a drummer, who's a musician, who plays an instrument, who wants to be on television. I mean, can you blame anybody? I mean, the answer is no. Yeah, no, everybody, well, we, we, we joked about that before when we were in the middle of doing the story. Who wouldn't want to do that? You know, who, who wouldn't want to be on TV and, and, and do a show? You know, of course. God. But now let's talk about the little, because everybody thinks it's all just fun and games. Let's talk about like how serious it actually is that like sometimes even the greatest drummers in the world without naming names, of course, sometimes it's just, it doesn't gel for whatever reason. You know, it's not just walk in, sit down and, and start jamming. No, because it's got to, there's timing with uh, the actual show with like length and tempo. So unfortunately, it's just not a jam session because people aren't in the same room. The drummer has to lay down the track, you know, in time. And then it has to be like 15 seconds on either end. So it's like not like fun. I mean, it's fun, but it's not like, hey, let's just play whatever. It's like very mathematical. So, and then- there's a, there's a system in place. There's a system in place. And also there's this other element. So you're recording your drums, but then also you've got to videotape yourself. So you think that's easy. You're just like, yeah, what's the big deal? But like to get the kit in and to have the distance so that it looks, you know, presentable. It's like, it does be, it is like, uh, a full day of work well especially now doing it re remotely because that that's what you know, i mean yeah 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 doing it remotely is uh, is there any word um in has anybody mentioned anything about going back to this to the studio or uh, is that still up in the air no idea so that's all tbd i mean i don't it's it's easier said than done um i think um in new york you know it feels like the city is opening and this is a this is a city where I think a very high percentage of the population is getting vaccinated. So when that happens, it's going to lend to more things opening. But it's 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 one day at a time, and it's so you know, it's 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 such a. I, I've only been coming in the office since since Labor Day. Fred has not been. You have not been in Thirty Rock. I think since March of twenty twenty. Correct. Or wow. Or earlier, I think it's been longer than Fe that. February, maybe. I mean, it's February. I think so too. Because I remember right before the pandemic was, you know, where things really started happening, was I was talking to you about booking a flight. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, should I go? This was in March. I, I was booked in March. And then little by little, it was like, I don't think this is happening. And by the day, it kept changing. Like, okay. And then all of a sudden, it was like, this is, I think then there was no show. Right. Thir Thursday, March 12th, it was Steve Ferroni, a mm -hmm. legend who like, that was one where I was like, Fred, uh, Steve Ferroni, finally. And I've been talking to Steve Ferroni for three years. Yeah. Um, you know, in, out, like, I'm busy. I'm not like, you know, this is the way everyone is. And anyone who's listening to this, if we have conversations, like, 
it, it's like, it just is weird because sometimes schedules change with other drummers and then the drummer and talking to you, it can be ages before someone actually sits in. So I was so excited that Steve Ferroni was there. And then next thing I knew, like it was Thursday, the entire building had like shut down. We, we canceled the show that night. We That's banked, right. there was a band called Bones UK. And I was on the phone and for the next week with the band trying to figure out a way to get it remotely. Yeah. And, and, and we were like, I guess we're going to do just closer looks. Uh, I is, are we going to have band bumpers? I mean, we basically built the show from scratch in the spring of 2020 and the summer of 2020. And I was doing it from home and Fred and the whole band had to figure out, just like he said, he had to figure out how do I shoot myself? How do, how do I also like record my audio? How do I make it sync? How do I get it synced up? How do I hit my kick drum so the entire frame doesn't bounce? Which, you know, like, which used to happen. Oh. I was also doing it from home. And the, well, the problem I have as a drummer anyway, is just that like all of a sudden the tempos were all over the place because <clears throat> I'm not playing with a band. Right. So one, two, three, and just playing a song without anyone. And then we, it took a couple of months of like, really, okay, this has to be to a, a click track, you know, you know, a, a whole bunch of stuff like that. So can I just say something about the click track with Fred? I am, um, I don't consider myself, uh, at one point I was a good rock drummer. Um, and I had one studio experience where I went in and did the click and I actually handled it pretty well. But um, I just want to say, Fred had to, I think at one point, I mean, you saw like, I'm just going to use the click. You picked it up very quickly. Like, I yeah. feel like, I feel like it's a weird skill set. You can have the greatest, so amazing drummer, they come in and the click just throws them. And then you could have someone like me, who's like a good drummer, who's like, oh, I don't know. And then like, I got the click and Fred, like he also had to record himself, audio, all this stuff, and then yeah. learn it to the click. And that's not even something I was thinking about because I was also dealing with Seth and Marnie and Sid and Eli and figuring out with Eli how to like mix everything down and how we were that process. And then how it was gonna get mixed on the other end by people at the show, if that was gonna happen, how are we gonna build into the bumps? But like for a drummer to be like, oh, you're gonna use the click now. Okay, well, what if I can't, doesn't matter, you're gonna figure it out. Which is basically what we ask all the drummers who come in, you're gonna be on stage now and there's gonna be an audience here uh, I hope your flight was cool and you're not too uh, jet lagged. Just going to do it. And that's the thing. It's just like we just adapted. Fred adapted to the click and everyone adapted to recording and doing their own audio and video and having like they want to look good on camera and like getting wardrobe sent there. Like I, I feel like it's the studio is sexier and cooler and it's the studio experience. But the pandemic really whipped us into like fighting shape as being of everyone in the band being producers and having to produce themselves, you know, with only so much, there's no hands-on help. You know, Fred had an right. audio, uh, Fred had a, for a bit he's doing next week, we were just on the phone about a clip mic. I know a little bit about it. Fred knows a little bit about it. And basically what happened was I'm like, he's like, I'm gonna try to do a couple of tests and then I'll, I'll get back to you. And then you had to go and go in the settings and go in the app and figure out how it works and send a bunch of tests. And then it's sort of frustrating. Then my editor's frustrated and I'm like, Okay, but like, give it a second. I'm like, remember the summer. Remember the yeah, summer of yeah, 2020. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget <laughs> what happened. And then everyone's like, oh yeah. And then we figured it out. And now audio is solved. But it's like, I can't. We can't sit here and like troubleshoot. Fred, the the players really had to figure it out themselves, and they deserve a lot of credit. That was the that was the shift from de besides dealing with a new drummer and a new feel 
also you're in charge of your own destiny as far as being a musician and and uh and that's a big challenge and a lot to ask i think i would say fred more work for the now than when we were in studio i would say i would without say yeah. a doubt yeah. without oh. a doubt yeah, because it's I, all I, I, layers. I, I, it's layers of tracks. Yeah, absolutely. I could, I, I could. What, 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 it, it, as quick as you guys got it together was pretty amazing. Because, and then to get everybody else, like you said, you there might be dramas that they're great dramas, that, but they don't know how to record themselves. They don't know how to film themselves. Now it's another, you know, walking into the studio. Because thankfully, I got to come to the studio a couple of times in mm -hmm. 2019 and December, you know, at, at, in November and December at the end. So I did get to see the whole thing of what it's like. And that's nerve wracking enough, you know, walking in there, like you said, getting off the plane, getting there, coming from the hotel, you know, sit, meeting a band for the first time, people you never played with. That, yeah. That's a whole mindset and stress as, as it is now. The pandemic happens. You guys got to get it together. Either the band's going to be involved in the show or not be involved. And you, again, hats off. You guys are professionals. You, you did what you had to do. And, and Eli came through with wanting to be an engineer because that's the thing. Some guys don't want to be engineers. They don't want to have to record themselves. Or if, you know, if they're, if they're big enough that they can afford to be in a, their own studio and have engineers and everything, great. But, you know, that's not an easy thing to do. So now throw that on top of everything else. The, the stress level and the nerves have to really, you know, kick in. I have some drummers who are doing the show remotely. Um, look at like Raghav Marotra. He's a, he's a tech savvy kid. He played in school rock. He's a pro. He's had professional experience, but he's young enough where I'm like, Hey, you need to record. You know, your audio needs to be pro. Your video needs to be like at best, you know, like close to pro, like, but the audio is like more important. And he just sat there with a camera and a laptop and like probably had like two or three mics, like you know, two overheads. And um, his drum sound was amazing. He labeled all his files. He got all his waves down. He sent it all Dropbox link, just him. And then I have guys who have full teams who are like, we need to go to a studio. We need uh, someone's going to cut. And I have an engineer. Some, some people have three or four people. That's not a disc. That's just like, everyone's got a disc, different system and different way of doing it. But the technology allows even like, you know, one, one person who's tech savvy um, to figure it out. Uh, and it's just like, how much lift do you want to do? You know, and, and it just shows that it's open to anyone, you know, who's got a little tech savvy or who has a whole team, you know, there's room for, for everybody. And each of the processes are very interesting how they get it done. And, and, and it makes it modern too, because that's how everybody was recording now. And even, even making records, that's how everybody was making records. So even if you wanted to be on the record, you didn't have to worry about the visual part of it so much, but you knew you had to learn how to record yourself. I mean, you know, guys that finally had, you know, their own studios after all this time were forced to, to learn how to work their equipment because their engine, you know, couldn't be near anybody. So they, that's everybody well, learned it on. Fred setup, Fred setup is really cool. And I remember when he showed me the space he got in LA and he goes, I got this space in LA and he just has, you can do everything in that space, right? Like yeah. you have like a, he has like a vote, he has a vocal booth in there. Um, yeah. And then he has the kit in there. And so it's like, and then you have like your whiteboard, you know, like going through any script ideas or just schedule stuff. And it's like, you had to adapt in this time and you had to have a space. Um, to actually do these things but I, I thought it was really cool to see drummers and players who stepped up and were like I need to carve out the space for myself you know how many drummers probably like I need my I need to get my studio in order who actually got their studios in order I mean now right. before Fred you, you didn't have like 
a place to play. I think remember yeah. you had a rehearsal spot like in New York and then you're like, oh, I just yeah. gave it up. And now LA, now you have this amazing space that's comfortable yeah. and you can do so many things there. It's, that's like, that's the best. Now it's yeah. ready to go. Well, now we got to get Fred playing on some records. People got to send him some tracks and we got to get him on some records. Sure, sure. I'd love there it. You go. Yeah, see, Eric too. Eric, uh, no. so. Uh, <laughs> no, Eric, Billy, no. <laughs> some Sometimes, um, don't worry, I'll, 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 I can stand in front of Seth and hold some cards up and stuff. But anyway. Um, Billy, I cannot believe you're just trying to get into TV. Let, let us, if you want an agent, just be direct. Let us help you. We will help. You're in. You want to be okay. in. Thank you. What, what, what wasn't that idea? I put you on the <laughs> cover you. of Modern Drama. You put me on TV. <laughs> That's it. That's it's a deal. deal. It's a deal. Now, come on. You're, you're throwing me off here. You're making me like not be professional. I forgot what I was going to ask uh, Fred. So, Fred, this is what I was going to ask you. You had to do it sometimes from a hotel room, correct? Correct. How was that? I had to do it a bunch of times. Uh, once in uh, Vancouver and once in London. I was there at both places for a couple of months. And um, I just got a Roland kit uh, in each city and just put it through my laptop. And that's what I used. I just, you know, that's the card I was dealt. And it's, it's kind of fun. I like limitations like that. You know, playing in front of a, the hotel curtain, you know, the living room <laughs> curtain. And it, it actually worked out. Um, at the advice of... Uh, Jim Keltner, uh, he said to lean into the electronic sounds. He's like, if it's if it's an electronic kit, you don't have to do those sounds that are trying to emulate other kits. He's like, you know, go ahead and get into the to the the sort of you know synthy sounds that they have to offer. Why not? Yeah. And yes, I just and yes, I just name dropped. Well, that's that's okay because uh, Jim loves you guys, but. Um... Being that you had the rolling kit in the hotel room, did it make you play them more like off camera? Like just. Oh, yes. Yes. I am realizing, I guess, through the pandemic that playing drums for me is a very meditative. Uh, it's like reading a book. It's like really it relaxes me just doing five minutes doing a dumb beat. All of a sudden, I actually I'm in a better mood. Just sitting down, just playing a little bit. I really, I'm really glad about that part of my life. I feel like drumming has just, I'm just doing it a lot more than ever. Yeah, that's cool. And, I, yeah, and that's good inspiration to have them there. And Eric, you, you, did you get a, you were going to get a kit and get back into, into playing a little bit more. Have you been doing that? I have a studio down, down the street um, that has a bunch of acoustic kits and like gear for days and that. But um, I think, I think, Fred playing the rolling kit and the sounds are great. I really, I think I'm open to playing it. I, I used to have a Yamaha kit when I first moved to New York. I had a Yamaha kit from college that I kept in like my walk up, like third floor walk up down in the village. And um, I, I actually played a lot more because it was quiet and because it was in my actual physical space, even in a New York City apartment, I had like a roommate, but I still like was able to do it. And now the technology so much better the feel is so much better i feel like um it's you know that that whole argument of like oh it's got to be acoustic it's like that argument gets thinner and thinner as the sounds get better and better and the feel and the structure of the heads and, and the feeling when you actually make contact with the heads like it's hard to do that i mean I, I think it's cool they have those hybrid kits now that look like real shells 
um, for live are really cool. I mean, nothing for me will ever replicate hitting a snare drum. Like I like to, when I play, I like to feel pain. Like when I play, it might be a little creepy, but I love hitting a snare drum. And I love the, like the physical feeling of like the wood through the hand, through the metal and um, just hitting that. But that's just a different thing. And as you get older, just the idea of making music and to Fred's point of like using it less of a cardio exercise for me and more of a mental exercise is, um, I think the, like, the electronic kits and also much easier to record will lend itself to like, you know, me being able to play now like in, in much longer in the future. Yeah, I don't, I think electronic, especially this past year, because of the pandemic, electronics are never going to go away. More people bought electronic drum kits this year than, 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 you know, acoustic kits. You know, it's just. They're really advanced. They're really advanced. Like I got this Roland. uh, It's the kind that like almost looks like a partial shell. Yeah. And they're great. They look great. I think they sound great. I think they're getting more sensitive. I think that they're like still, I like that they're sort of evolving as kits. So I love it. it. It's like, you know, there's all different kinds of tools to make music. I've got a rolling kit in my basement, great for home stuff. And then I've got my live kit for other stuff. It's, I like that. It's part, it's part of the arsenal. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing yeah. like putting the, the headphones on and you feel like you're in a million dollar studio. Totally. That, that's totally. what makes yeah. it. That's what makes it more. It's not a cardio thing because you have to actually hit them a little. You know, you can't dig into them. Otherwise, you know, you're gonna get shocked in your arms, shoulders. But you know, it it, it does put you at because you get into a nice. You, it's, it puts you right in that studio sound, so it relaxes you. The drums yeah. are in it. You just turn the knob, and you're in a completely different world. Different yes. atmosphere. Different. You think different, you know, if you're writing a song or, you know, yeah. So like Eric said, for recording, it, it, it can't be beat. Roland just, and Roland just came out with two new kits and one of them looks exactly like an acoustic kit. Like it saw looks, that. Yeah. I saw that too. Yeah. And I can't tell old. you how many, how many players I know who are like, you know, people like, you know, I worship growing up or, you know, just people my age who are like, even me, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to play an electronic kit. And then they go and they do a session with one. And there's like, you know, there's like custom sounds on it, like that respond to like velocity uh, properly. And like, they're like, and then they hear it back and they're like, this sounds amazing. And, it, and the engineer is always like, I told you so. It's like, it sounds, it's, it's at that point now where it sounds really good. And, um, and, and coming off like all punk rock about it, you know, it's, it's just well, the time and place. Time and, and place. And, both. and what, what's the difference? It's like, uh, you know, there's acoustic pianos, there's electric pianos, there's acoustic guitars, there's electric guitars. It's like, there's electric drums. There's drums. It's like, you know, I don't know why drummers always gave, you know, they, they were afraid of, uh, of it sometimes. It seemed like they it's were always- primal because it's primal because dr- we all, at, when all the electricity gets shut off and the guitar player has to like strum and the drummer's sitting there wailing at a sound checker at rehearsal because the electronics aren't working right. Drummers are there just doing the thing, going caveman style. We don't need mics. And there's a point, that's a point of pride, I think, for for drummers, like we're, we're, the, we're the heartbeat, we're the most organic, we're the most real in the band, and no one else gets it. And you know, that's why they relegate us to the back. And then we, no one sees us, you know, it's fine. And now this is late night, now we're getting our, our pseudo uh, fake revenge by just giving a little bit of attention to uh, the heartbeat of the bands, that's all. That's what we, have, we planned it that way. 
So, uh, Fred, what, what's what's coming up? Uh, any plans to do any more drum comedy uh, shows? Yeah, I mean, as soon as I can get back on the road to uh, doing more live stuff, I, you know, as soon as, I mean, I had a tour booked last summer and had to cancel it. So um, as soon as someone, you know, says it's safe and it's ready to go, I've got plenty of more material about drumming and percussion and uh, I can't wait to get back to it. I really have been coming up with more stuff. Oh, that's great. That, that, that's really great. Uh, that, that's you great. tried out a lot of stuff at, uh, at, the, at the NAMM show. Like, yes. All that, we all, like, that's the last time we all kind of saw yeah, that's what, that's yeah. we were all. That's the last time we were all together. But Some Fred of that stuff, new material yeah. there. Some okay. of it is um, prop comedy, drummer prop comedy, and it works. It kills. It was great. Also, because, wow. like, the... Um, Somewhere along the line, someone decided that like people shouldn't do prop comedy. I'm like, why? <laughs> Let's do musician prop comedy. Let's bring it back. I don't yeah, know. Really. I saw. I remember when Carrot. I remember when Carrot Top came out in high school, and I, I'm like, I went and I'm like, I thought it was really, really funny. And then all of a sudden, you're right. It just became like hacky. And I get it, like that probably doesn't do itself any favors. But like when when done well, like and subtle, and even if it's not, not subtle, I I, I agree. You it totally works. Funny. Yeah. And Real also, we're, we're just talking about our cool school. I bet, you know, Carrot Top is like not complaining. I'm sure he's like, I'm doing just <laughs> fine out here in Las Vegas. Yeah, don't worry <laughs> about Carrot Top. Like, yeah, he's, I'm sure he's like, I do not need anyone, no, and, you know, anyone feeling well, bad. You but. guys don't like my prop comedy? I'm doing 12 nights at the Luxor and like. Yeah, doing I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not at some cool little club reading off of a, a, a little pad of paper, you know. Getting yelled at because uh, the person before me went a little over. And now yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. He's my like, time. <laughs> yeah. my microphone. Oh, you and your mic. And you got a long yeah. cord with the mic. Oh, wow. yeah. Meanwhile, he's buff. He takes immaculate care of himself. Yeah. That, Living my best life is really played out. And I've never, that's not a term for anyone my age or near it, but that guy is living his best life and he's yeah. doing it like with no remorse and he's killing it. So and it's basically also like, saying, leave Carrot Top alone. Yes. And also, by the way, <laughs> by the way, also what clean comedy. You know what I mean? Wholesome. It's like Thanks. wholesome, like, you know, kids like it, families like it. What do you want out of life? What what a relief to go to a, to his show and be like, let's just watch someone entertain us. Hey, music is the best medicine. Laughter is the best medicine. Yes. And you guys you guys have both, so it's like yeah. it's a good thing you do for the world. Fred is basically here to announce his return to the stage, and it's only prop comedy. That's this is kind of a launching pad. So sorry, Billy, to kind of appropriate. Yeah, the, you're that's, not that's far okay. off. You are not far off. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. I want to thank you guys once again. This was an honor for me to do. Um, thank you. I could, I can't thank you guys enough. Really, sincerely, you know how much I, I you know, I, I care about you guys, and I wanted this to be exactly what you wanted, and what, you know, good for everyone. And I didn't want, you know, everybody was like, "Oh, that's going to be a fluff piece." It's like it's not going to be a fluff piece. Don't worry about it. These guys are two serious musicians, and the yeah. world should know about that. And the idea was brilliant, and people should know about that. So I want to thank you guys so much for making my job easy and making it smooth and, you know, and taking the time today to do this. And there's anything you want to tell our readers and listeners and before we go. I, I just want to say, I, 
again, being I'm a, I was on the cover of Modern Drummer. This really, it's so cyclical for me. And um, uh, I'm sorry, it's, I'm sorry, it's full circle. I, I just, I can't, I really can't believe it. And to have the magazine and to read it, it feels like, um, it really feels like the wackiest, weirdest path to get there. And I love every second of it. And thanks to you uh, for, for believing in the story from the jump. And of course, for David and, and team and all of you guys over there for doing it um, and for being interested in, in what Fred and the HE band are doing every night. And not to all the drummers who participate. Thank you and all the ones that are uh, on deck. We will get to you. We hope to do this program for a long time. Yeah. Well, thank you guys Thanks. so much. And uh, Fred, have you heard, um, do you know that your favorite album, one of your favorite albums is Ram? <laughs> I do. He got you on that one. Actually, uh, in, in uh, the 14th, Ram On, 50th anniversary comes out. Yeah. Danny Sidewell. Oh God. Actually, yeah. he's going to send you the tracks. He, yeah, yeah. He, he's, I've been in touch with him about it. And uh, you guys, this is very cool. Fred and one of our show producers, Eric Lederman, are on the April cover of Modern Drummer talking about our rotating drummer program. And the magazine is currently celebrating 45 years. And you can buy the issue or subscribe at moderndrummer.com. How are you doing, Fred? So, uh, Fred, in this interview, you talked about your all-time favorite album. Do you remember what you said? You said uh, Ram by Paul and Linda McCartney. I think you'd remember your all-time favorite. Yeah, mm. it, it came out. I mean, him and uh, Fernando Perdomo, who, um, big session guy out in LA and he was in Echoes in the Canyon in that film in the house band. Um, they did such an amazing job, over a hundred musicians on this record. And it just yeah. so happened that, that you know, it, it, we, were, we were talking, you know, we did a piece on Denny for the next issue. And then we were talking about this. And then that was the first thing that um, Seth said when he held up the magazine and he yeah, asked yeah, yeah. about Ram. So that was, yes. that was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, again, thank you guys so, so much. And thank you. Hopefully, Thanks, uh, we'll be able Thanks, to see Billy. each other in person soon. That would be awesome. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week on the Modern Drama Podcast. Woo. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, everybody. It's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ... How do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.